0: Das ist gut, Baby, üppige Beine, das ist gut, Baby, üppige Beine, das ist gut, Baby, üppige Beine. <täusperlen> Hello there, ladies and mantle business, it's Chappie, your British butler. Welcome to the congregation. Welcome to the Chappie Congregation. It's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese episode 185 today. Yes, we're getting right up there. And have you ever thought that do you miss the choral sound of the tea kettle? The old-fashioned tea kettle that you either put on the stove Oh, it used to have that whistling sound, didn't it? It was very choral, it was very unison. Now, everything's more efficient these days with the electric kettle. Although, I couldn't find an electric kettle for love nor money when I first moved to the United States. In 2000, the electric kettle didn't exist. They still had the whistling kettles. But then you have to wait like eight minutes for the uh, water to boil on the stove where the electric kettle's so, so efficient. But it doesn't have the charm or the whistle or the choral unison of a beautiful choir, that whistling sound in the morning that awakes you. I think I would like to wake up to that sound of the old-fashioned tea kettle whistling. But anyway, we're more about the choral sound, the beauty, taking your time, putting the tea kettle on and it, taking eight minutes, than efficiency on the show. That is the name of the game. We're incredibly inefficient and we're very, very proud of it. Like our running orders, we never really follow a proper running order here on the show. We're carb laden. We like to take our time. Uh, we don't cut the you know the don't cut the crust off the sandwiches every occasion. Um, but you know, if you're going to cut the sandwich, if you're going to cut the crust off the sandwiches, uh, we still want to eat the crust of the sandwich as well. So anyway, it's marvellous to be here on another springtime uh, Friday. The blossoms are blooming. And it's so beautiful. I mean, the cherry blossoms are absolutely beautiful. How can something so beautiful be so deadly? It's like nature's femme fatale. The blossoms and then obviously the snuffleupagus situation going on. Dripping noses, sore throats. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm sure people are taking like COVID tests every, uh, every day because they think, oh no, I have COVID now. But really, really is those awful ticklish little allergies. What a week has been in Westminster, in Parliament in the UK. You've had the situation where you've had, basically, we may talk about this later, where the Daily Mail, a UK newspaper, basically was saying that Angela Rayner, the deputy leader of the Labour Party, was doing a Sharon Stone basic instinct thing where she kept crossing and crossing her legs with uh, uh, stockings on and suspenders, trying to distract that old horn dog, Boris Johnson. I mean, what other bunkum. Uh, could could be uh, this basic nonsense? You know, never look at the honourable ladies like that. Anyway, is that sort of situation going on. And then you had one of the backbenchers looking at porn. Now he's like a naughty schoolboy at the back of, uh, back of the class there, just like on his phone, just looking underneath there. And oh, it's all very... Very, very raunchy and very, very naughty right at the back of the class here, at the back of the bus, looking at one's phone. What is the world coming to? There is a war on, and uh, newspapers are writing about uh, sort of various shenanigans of the, possibly the Labour Party. Uh, Angela Rayner showing off her legs to uh, Boris. I mean, what, do you think Boris would get distracted by such a thing? Of course! Uh, and, then, and then you've got a naughty MP right at the back, uh, looking at uh, porn. I mean, uh, he's not uh, governing or administering or anything like that. He's just with his phone at the back of the class uh, being very, very uh, naughty. He'll have to probably go to the headmaster's study uh, for a good walloping, I think. The only solution will probably be to wash out his mouth with soap or do... Uh, when, I was at, when I was at boarding school, Uh, naughty boys used to have to run outside in the snow in their underpants or sometimes they were hung outside a window uh, giving themselves the ultimate wedgie and I think this is what needs to happen probably to this uh, this member of parliament for being such a such a naughty boy here anyway on the show today keep calm and cauliflower cheese we're maybe delving more into the uh, shenanigans at Westminster Uh, but I mentioned this last week I think we're going to do it this week which pop rock star singer would you want to save your life uh, which pop rock singer would you want to save your life? And David Attenborough, I mean, he narrates, obviously, all the natural history programs. I think he could uh, have a job narrating other types of shows as well. That gentle, lulling voice. I mean, he could be one of those sleep apps to gently send you to sleep here, gently lull you to sleep here. Also, the worst remote control in the world the worst remote control in the world i also have some very very d- dirty balls that need to be cleaned we're going to be talking about uh, tips to clean your balls uh, mainly golf balls obviously uh, gout as well uh, it's a middle-aged show with middle-aged problems here have you ever had some gout my poor father's had some gout i have some suggestions to cure van's gout if you want to Jan's guard, then you need to drink the cherry juice. Uh, cherry juice. Uh, yes, yeah, so you need to drink the cherry juice. But anyway, there'll be more on cherry juice and auric acid coming along the way. I'm mean, Absolutely fascinating. Anybody end, under the age of 25, you think, what's gout? Why is your big toe throbbing right now? Uh, also national uh, in the UK, it's a go without your diaper week uh the also we uh, have more of the air fryer diaries coming up the air fryer diaries uh the avid golfer dr golf i met dr golf uh, driving an uber the other day also my new favorite type of uh, uh, person in the morning we have pajama man as well the gentleman who likes to wear very, very baggy pyjamas. He has a pyjama coat. He has a hat, a cloth, flat cap made out of pyjama material as well. And he always wears slippers, even if it's minus five. I found an ancient manuscript. Not only did I find a penny that looked like an ancient Abraham Lincoln penny the other day. I found an ancient manuscript. Was it from Qumran? Is it as old as the Dead Sea Scrolls? You'll be finding out on the podcast. Either today or tomorrow, or well, we'll fit it in sometime. We'll we'll fit you in, all right? Don't you worry, but lovely. We'll fit you in. Anyway, I am apparently a UK responsible person. I opened up my new uh, brand new spectacles, and inside I saw a little. It was a little business card here. And uh, came with the specters and said, I'm a UK responsible person. Maybe we'll be exploring that as well. Along with the odd place, to uh, Costco chicken, starting a Zoom call on the bog. Uh, never look at somebody else's AirPods or any type of headphone that you plug into your ear. Uh, potatoes, sausage cakes that are hotter than Hades. And also a brand new breakfast. My girlfriend wants to take uh, golf lessons. Uh, you can, can't tell uh, if you have a turtleneck on if you have a particular length neck. Uh, also, people advertising me different types of shorts as well. And uh, we know we're maybe dipping our toe, Well, we don't want to be dipping anything else into the Amber amber herd Johnny Depp trial that's going on as well. And also, can black pudding uh, be other types of blood? Does it just have to be pig's blood as well? I know for you listening early, it's probably turning your stomach. I know we mentioned socks on the podcast uh, last week. Yes, socks. And um, I have a terrible trouble with socks wearing in the ball of my foot. I have like holes all across my socks in the ball area of the foot. And I have no clue why. Absolutely no clue why. But with summer coming, I decided I'd want to buy those little invisible socks. They're almost magician-like. They're Penn & Teller, Paul Daniels-like, where you have the sock on and you can wear a loafer and you can't see the sock. It's almost like you have a naked foot, but you're not sweating. You're not going, not going to need any foot powder to uh, get away the stench of your uh, disgusting, sweaty summer feet. Uh, but it's very, very, uh, very, very uh, fine and neat and dandy and very inconspicuous as well. The trouble is, now, have I got the wrong shaped foot? I tried to slip on these little sockies, and... They don't stay attached to my feet now if they're pressed into the shoe and i gently i mean and again i see people wearing this and i think well i think they're wearing socks but i'm not entirely sure and i go up close and i can see the sock inside but they're very neatly hidden with me i've got pieces hanging out i'm you know it's going to spend me like 20 minutes it's like it's like adjusting a wig or a toupee or something trying to get the sock to be hidden is a problem and then when you take the shoe off it's not going to stay on my foot I, I mean do, what do I need some sort of like a horse's hoof or a cloven hoof or something to keep this sock on um I mean maybe it's a good idea to grow my toenails a little bit longer so they have a little bit of traction they have so, you know the wool can loop onto something to keep it on your foot so but I mean I don't want to start growing troll feet toenails or deciding to play the guitar with my toenails just to keep a sock on no I don't want that that would be absolutely ridiculous But um, anyway, I don't know if anybody out there has more luck with these socks. I, and again, I don't know if I have hobbit feet or something, but for some reason with my misshapen trotter, I can't keep the sock on. It keeps slipping off and revealing the bare trotter heel. So if you wanted a pop or rock band, a soul star to save your life, who would you have? I mean, there's quite a few out there. I mean, not only Richie sounds quite fun because he could keep you up all night long. Uh, he could also help you dance on the ceiling without those like sticky things on your feet or suction cups or something like that. I mean, I would love to be able to dance on the ceiling and I think he could save your life. If you can dance on the ceiling without suction cups, then uh, you're on a winner there. But the Fun Loving Criminals, probably in 1998, they're a band, they're sort of a little hip hoppy, little trippy, little jazzy Uh, basically wanted barry white to save their life now i imagine barry white probably in my uh, single mingle days um, would have been absolutely fantastic because i mean like tom jones people ladies used ladies and probably men used to throw their uh, panties at barry white when he was performing now i don't know i mean I, i wonder if when barry was singing if um you know he's singing, see it's trouble with me baby everything yeah baby yeah make it love love making music baby i mean if if barry was singing then a pair of tighty whiteys like flew and hit him in the face like a men's pair of tighty whiteys i think that would put me off if i was like half an hour into the set i'd probably have to leave the stage and go and have a drink or something and probably some therapy as well but I imagine Barry. Barry seems very, very calm in uh, any sort of uh, slightly uh, troubled situation. I think he would—he would be the, the the beacon of calm. And also, you know, if you went to a buffet with Barry, you would be well fed. There, i, I don't know if there'd be any food left over, but Barry, uh, Barry likes a, a breakfast buffet, I think, and he'd be uh, absolutely fantastic. It's like. Uh, I know that uh, Stephen Colbert was talking about James uh, Corden leaving his Late Late Show and he's saying maybe he's going to be play, playing Doctor Who and I say, well, you're going to need a bigger TARDIS if uh, if uh, Corden's going to become Doctor Who. I mean, I think the TARDIS can uh, probably expand and contract with the size of the Doctor because Tom Baker was very, very, very tall. But I think if I... I agree with the fun-loving criminals. I think Barry White would be an excellent person to save your life. Because you'd eat well, you'd have a good breakfast. You'd never be short of uh, probably, you know, dates being a single fella, if you're a single fella or or a single gal even as well. I mean, I think Gary uh, Gary White, Barry White would be an excellent wingman as well. He could potentially be a fantastic wingman if you need him. Uh, but DJs often save your life. I mean, there's that f- fantastic song, Last Night of DJ Saves Your Life. Um, I don't know if I want the DJ, but I think Barry, Barry could be there, maybe in tandem with Lionel Richie. And Boris Johnson has led a backlash against misogynistic claims among his own Conservative MPs that Labour deputy leader Angela Rayner attempts to put him off his stride by crossing and uncrossing her legs in the House of Commons. Conservative MP suggested Miss Rayner likes to distract the Prime Minister when he sat at the dispatch box by deploying a parliamentary equivalent of Sharon Stone's famous, or infamous, scene in the 1992 uh, film Basic Instinct. I mean, she's not wearing a, she's not wearing a, like a white robe or something. I mean, isn't, isn't Sharon wearing that in uh, Basic Instinct? I can't. Not that I've ever seen that movie before. The claims were condemned as categorically untrue by the Ashton Underline MP who hit out at the perverted smears. The MP... And PM himself also intervened, As much as I disagree with Angela Rayner on almost every political issue, I respect her as a parliamentarian Deplore the misogyny. Mr. Johnson's remarks about the Labour deputy were echoed by the Culture Secretary Nadine Doris. Uh, Ms. Rayner thanked the PM for the comments. Boris Johnson cheerleaders resorted to spreading desperate perverted smears in the doom attempts to save his skin. She accused the PM of dragging the Conservative Party into the sewer. But the thing is, though, I'm looking at this here. I mean, first of all, um, you know, most women sort of uncross cross their legs to help uh, circulation. I mean, it does happen here. And if you're a gentleman, I mean, I mean, I like to cross and uncross my legs. I don't wear stockings or suspenders or anything along those lines. But at the dispatch box, I'm just looking here. Boris isn't the tallest. And he's got this huge mace and these big boxes. I think his big mace that's in front of him, the big like gold, is sort of um, shaped round at the end, I suppose. It's almost like a baby's arm holding an apple type mace. The mace that Michael Heseltine used to uh, swing around his head when he was doing his Tarzan impression. Anyway, the mace is in front of Boris. Boris's huge mace is right in front there. Um, and uh, it's blocking any attempt. I I mean, I don't think you'd be able to see. All you can see is Angela's head, uh, but you can't see any crossing or uncrossing of the legs here. It's absolutely ridiculous. The antique mace, the big big bulbous antique mace in front of Boris Johnson is actually blocking any sort of clear view from the dispatch block in Parliament. I don't know how much the bbc spends on uh, natural history wildlife programs with uh, the wonderful i mean is he 90 years old david abner and narrating these shows but they go out into the wilds uh, all around the world basically and uh, capture this fantastic natural history uh, footage now i suggest everybody now seems to have these ring cameras or these nest cameras that basically film everything that occurs outside their uh, back door, front door, wherever they have it situated. I mean, it's, the, uh, it's almost like we live in a world of complete curtain twitching. Back in the day, I mean, my grandmother loves to be a little bit of curtain twitching, peering behind the curtain, see what's going on. I mean, that uh, definitely, uh, definitely happens. In Chicago, people used to have telescopes. Now, why would you need a telescope in Chicago? well basically for watching your neighbors but everybody has these nest cameras now I think you know the recording I saw a lovely recording on next door uh, where somebody posted an image of their nest camera and it was basically a a mother fox and um, I don't know six or seven foxlets cubs cublings, whatever you want to call them and uh, I, I think this is, a, this is an area where you could save a lot of money. You could sp- get sponsored by Nest or Ring or one of those. And you could start having national his- natural history uh, shows. I mean, it's like America's Funny Home Videos. You could have animals being filmed on the Nest. I mean, would you have to give them a cut, though? Probably maybe a piece of meat or a treat or something. That may be a possibility. But you could have David Attenborough narrating like Ring videos. Now we're outside Mrs. Mocken's house on uh, 62 Wisteria Lane here. And uh, as you can see, the owls are frolicking, looking for their prey here. It's the middle of the night. And then you can see Brock the Badger. He's basically doing a roly-poly. And uh, then you have Freddy the Fox and all of his beautiful new couplings. Uh, they're they're also burying, creating a new set. I mean, you can just imagine, like, David Attenborough, he'd be absolutely fantastic narrating Ring videos, the amount of money the BBC would save, and um, you could have animals doing funny things on Nest, uh, and also Ring videos as well. You might have to cut away, and uh, as Mrs. Fox... Goes back into her set with her couplings. You have Bernie the burglar. He's trying to break into 972 Wisteria Lane. Uh, and oh dear, he set off the fire alarm. Oh, he, uh, and he and he's skedaddled away here. Yeah. I mean, it could be like a sort of crime watch thing. So you're getting, uh, you're getting David Attenborough commenting on uh, all the fun and games the animals are having. And then all the various crime that's going on as well through the course of the night. Is nocturnal David Attenborough here and where we're looking at crime and also frolicking owls. So you millennials and Gen Xers probably can't remember the time where you had to get your posterior, get your ass off the couch to go and change the TV channels. And now we have all various remote controls. The Trouble is, there's probably too many remote controls now. That's what I'm finding. And, uh, and then the batteries are going low and they're not working. You have to change over the batteries, put them in inside out, upside down. Try different ways of doing it. Rolling the batteries, pressing them in harder, tapping the remote control. I mean, it's like when you had to hit the TV to get the TV to work as well. So you had that whole situation going on as well. But now uh, we have remote controls that basically can't turn off televisions. Now, God love me some Apple here, whether it's a MacBook that I'm using or the iPhone or the iPad, everything's uh, Apple these days. But for love nor money, I can't find how to turn off the bloody television. There's no button. Um, I mean, maybe you could go to settings and get it to go to sleep, but you can't turn the whole thing off. It's absolutely ridiculous. So ladies and gentlemen, Tim Apple, where is the button that can turn off your television? Uh, I mean, there must be like some sort of red button or some hidden button here but then I'm beginning to have to get off my bottom again, like the 1970s, 80s, to basically turn off the TV. Tim, Apple, where's the button to turn off the television? You can get an electronic nose that can tell real scotch from sham dram's. It doesn't care for a drink and it's quietest of the company, but has a nose for the top shelf that can shame the most experienced of whiskey aficionados. Australian scientists have developed an electronic nose able to identify different whiskey styles, brands, and origins by sniffing samples. They hope that their invention will help call time on the growing problem of f- fake whiskey, which, according to a UK study, includes up to a third of rare scots at sold. Their invention, called the NOS.E, is available to identify differences between three blended malts and three single malts by Johnny Walker, Ardberg, Chivas Regal and McKellen in just some four minutes. The device was 100% accurate on the region, 96.15% right on the brand name and 92.31% correct on the style of the six drams if tested according to researchers. Detecting the differences between the whiskies has now required uh, either a complex and time-consuming chemical analysis or a trained whiskey connoisseur who might still get it wrong, said the project leader. So we have a rapid, easy-to-use, real-time assessment of whiskey to identify the quality and uncover any adulteration or fraud that could be beneficial for both high-end wholesalers and purchasers. Designed to mimic body structures that serve the sense of smell, the device has eight gas sensors able to sniff a vial of whiskey. It assesses even odor it detects before sending the information to a computer. A machine learning algorithm trained to recognize whiskey characteristics then analyzes the data and reports the findings. The Sydney researcher confirmed the NOS.E findings using time-consuming lab tests and samples. Electronic nose technologies already used to analyze wastewater treatment plant smells, identify cancer cells, and detect COVID 19. According to the researcher, NOSE. NOS.E not only has the potential to sniff out fraudulent whiskies, but also detect counterfeit wines, cognacs, and expensive perfumes. Whiskey has been described as the counterfeiter's dream because of its high demand and limited supply. More than a third of vintage scotch tested at the specialist laboratory in 2018 were found to be indeed fraudulent. 21 out of 55 bottles of rare scotch were deemed to be outright fakes or not distilled in a year declared that's one of the problems of having a rather large snack a rather large nose uh is uh, yeah you, you, you've got the problem of if if the tumble is a little bit too narrow drinking can be a problem and yeah I mean, who wants to be drinking a neat scotch for a straw because you can't get your like your mouth in there and your nose gets trapped in there and then you have to get the fire brigade to come and like uh, rub vaseline all over your nose to get your nose out of the tumbler oh the tumbler's too wide and then and then the nose ends up going in the scotch but i was thinking about a brilliant idea again um really catering for those who are over 45 listening to the podcast uh, probably male and i think i do have a lot of male listeners here but the youngsters are probably not interested in this and i don't know if women have the issue of growing excess hair out of the nose i don't think they have excess hair out of their ears but us chaps you start getting these tusks coming out so i'm thinking why not why not Dip your nose into some scotch, a little bit of what you like, you know. And then you've got the nostrils coated with highly inflammable scotch. And then you take a small match or a lighter, a zipper, whatever it is, and incinerate the nose hairs. And instead of that burnt hair smell, it smells like burnt scotch or that that burnt caramelly smell. I mean, it solves a multitude of problems. Burnt hair is a problem. Uh, also you can get drunk before you singe your nose hairs that could help as well and then you have that beautiful caramelly scotch smell after you incinerated the nose hairs i mean if you burn your nose a little bit not too much i mean and again we go from one subject to another it's like the snowball effect or the, or the snowball snack effect in this case we're going talking about noses yet again plastic surgery fans turn up turn their nose up to nose jobs lisa Kudrow, the friends actress once hailed her nose job as life altering singer Courtney love said it was a whole world change and now the nose job has fallen out of fashion with high numbers of rhinoplasty regrets making it the cosmetic procedure with the highest dissatisfaction rating i mean and, and god love them barry manlow kept the big nose barbara streisand absolutely beautiful with a huge nose your dear host Chappie, an absolute uh, debonair Adonis with the large nose. Doctors say that in recent years, demand has soared for non-surgical treatments, which involve injecting a filler agent to temporarily change the shape of the nose. I mean, good luck to you. There's not a lot of room up there, room up the nostrils, but uh, that skin's pretty pretty tight on my uh, on my big old honker. They have increased hugely. Uh, says an ascetic doctor and founder of Adonia Medical Clinic, I would say five years ago, nobody was thinking about non-surgical nose procedures. It's just something that was uh, so widely accepted. Now it's one of the fastest growing non-surgical treatments in my practice. The development of an injectable filler agent that can smooth out, I mean, is it like papier-mâché? Or maybe a liquidized uh, mashed potato that sort of hardens and uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I I, I have some mashed potato in there. I could try stuffing it up my nose. I mean, do you have to heat it up for it to harden? Meanwhile, big or bent noses no longer hold back acting careers, says Camille Cotton of the French series, Call My Agent have demonstrated. The supermodel Bella Handed admitted recently she regretted the nose job she had when she was 14. I wish I'd kept the nose of my ancestors. I think I could have grown into it. Well, Bella, try growing into this big old honker. Many others had left disappointed with their new nose, which is very central and always on the show. Rhinoplasty is the highest dissatisfaction rate of any cosmetic procedure for this particular region. And I see many patients who regret the whole operation and want to go back to exactly their original nose. It remains sixth most popular cosmetic surgery for women, uh, according to an audit last year. But the director of the London ENT clinic warned liquid rhinoplast using fillers uh, could not make a nose smaller or fix a bulbous tip. I mean, you I mean, you don't want your nose having a bulbous tip. It's like uh, it's like Boris Johnson's ancient bulbous mace that he has in front of him. I don't uh, see it as any different to my eyebrow microblading teeth whitening or my keratin blow dries, she said. I mean, I don't know. I mean, my nose is straight as a ski slope. I don't have the unsymmetrical bumpy nose. Thank God. You have the problem of dirty balls. Yes, I mean, you can get a little wet wipe or whatever. We're talking about golf balls here, of course, golf balls. So I found like 25 golf balls. My love found 25 golf balls on uh, the golf course, and they were all like coated in mud. And I was thinking, well, what should I do about this situation? And I decided uh, to put them in the top shelf of the dishwasher. And I'm just going to take you back here to a little bit early in the week here where I had the dishwasher going and the balls were on the top rack on the highest rack of the dishwasher We'll leave the dishwasher going on in the background. I think it's on cycle three. So it's quite vigorously washing those balls. And the thing is, though, you have pristine balls at the end, even in the deep dimples and crevasses. It's beautifully clean. And they're actually sparkling as well. It's like giving your balls a good wax and polish. And that jet water cleans off all the dirt and, indeed, the umskat. So from sparkling clean balls to libido gummies that help women get in the mood. When the actress Gwyneth Paltrow launched a range of libido enhancing herbal pills described to support female desire, we're not ashamed to say we want to help shifting our sex drive into gear. The actress launched the supplements, which included other ingredients containing fenugreek seed and saffron extract. This sounds like a fantastic curry. Maybe that's all I need. Forget the gummies. I just need a good curry on a Friday night to get me into the mood. Just make sure your partner also has a curry as well. From Harris to Holland and Barrett, libido enhancing pills for women and men have become the latest trend as the sexual wellness movement expands beyond sex tech. Brands uh, appear to be uh, capitalizing on shoppers keen to kickstart their sex lives after lockdown one scientific paper by researchers in canada and iran found that the coronavirus restrictions were linked to the higher rates of sexual dysfunction holland and barrett is selling natural libido boosting remedies in a health and her intimacy food supplements um, selfridges sells a, b- a, a bottle of 30 health capsules to help hair and libido i mean is it making i mean would it help your libido though if uh, you take one of these pills and then all of a sudden you grow a really hairy back. And we're talking about men obviously here. I don't think that would help anybody's libido. It certainly wouldn't help your partner's libido, I imagine. It also sells boxes of 32 caramel flavored syringes of liquid containing cordyceps mushroom, designed to heighten the sex drive. That's at $1,000. Such products typically contain plant-based ingredients which have some tests shown can create an increased desire. Last month, a new gummy called libido was launched in America that offers a separate formulations for men and women and claims to increase the blood flow and alleviate stress. I guess it's stressful if you can't get the blood flow going. I mean, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, go back to the ancient times and just wrap everything in a banana leaf. There's no denying that a roast is the ultimate Sunday lunch dinner, only if it's complete with the trimmings. A food historian, Seren Charrington-Hollis, had revealed that Yorkshire puddings weren't intended to be eaten as part of the main course. Ah. Oh. I mean, I've got everybody into Yorkshire puddings. We have an American chairman of the Yorkshire Pudding Association of America now, and she makes marvellous Yorkshire puddings from juicy succulent meat to perfectly crisp potatoes and fluffy Yorkshire puddings. It's no surprise the roast dinner is considered a British classic. While you've probably eaten them with your roast dinner as long as you can remember, did you know that the much-loved Yorkshire pud wasn't always intended to be served as part of the main course? It may come as a surprise to learn that Yorkshire puds were intended and created to fill the guests up before they tucked into their main course. As reported by the Daily Star food historian, Saren Charrington Hollis, uh, and appeared on a Channel 5 documentary, in the 15th century, Yorkshires were originally eaten as a starter. Originally, your Yorkshire puddings would be called dripping puddings. Originally a batter pudding that the meat juices on the spit would drop underneath and then you would cook it in the batter. She went on to say that while they're a far cry from the fluffy Yorkshire puds you find today, the idea that you eat before you roast beef because you fill you up. Beef was expensive, any meat was expensive, so you decided to fill your guests up on the batter pudding and would be less expensive than the meat. She added that Yorkshire Puds used to be reserved for only the richest members of society. The food historian explained when you look at the 15th century, the type of food people would be eating would be really the top of society. Just like today, if the rules do something, or those with money do something, it gradually works down the social scale because we all want to mimic and copy what's in fashion. But thank God for the fluffy, beautifully doughy Yorkshire. I don't want it too crispy. I like my Yorkshire's a little bit doughy. So I met a lovely, lovely chap uh, driving the Uber the other day. A gentleman called Raymond and um absolutely fascinating some of these older guys have great stories but he has a patent and a golf tool that basically is a laser now it's not like a shark that uh, straps onto your golf hat with laser beams or anything like that no it, it straps onto your golf hat i mean and i don't like the uh i don't like the uh, the baseball hat golf hat style so i wonder if it could clip onto a flat hat and it can basically show you how to swing little red dots keep your eyes on the ball at all times and you follow the red dots to swing and you swing through the ball but whilst keeping your head down at the same time it's an amazing uh, little contraption here and uh, I remember when I was absolutely fascinated and addicted to golf many years ago I would love any of these types of tools here Um, but anything to uh, to keep your head down and this is marketed uh, all over the uh, all over the country here. And it's one of the biggest problems, like lifting your head during the uh, during the through swing. This guy came up with this, uh, and he a, a US uh, PGA female professional who uh, markets this product for him. Absolutely fascinating, and uh, has made very much money. I'm very very tempted to splash out the thirty five dollars uh, for this thing that clips onto the hat and allows you to keep uh, you keep your head down through the through swing. Um, and it's an amazing product and I, I don't know if he's marketing these issues maybe he needs to be parked outside like a golf course uh, picking up Uber rides and then selling his product you could have double the, double the fun, double bubble an Uber ride and then selling your goal tool to the, to the passenger who's just finished his golf and probably has had an awful game and wants to improve his swing next time around Absolutely fabulous having you here on the podcast. Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, Chappie, your British butler. If you like me, follow me on on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese on Instagram, at Keep Cheese on Twitter. You can can listen on Slacker, Breaker, iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, also uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. If you like music, though, if you love your music and you want to listen to music between my ramblings and utterings, then you can have some Ian Jury. You can have some... uh, Travis, you can have some Prince, Mr. Dukes, Prodigy, Diana Ross and the Supremes, and you can sail off with some beautiful yacht rock, some cheesy 70s AM radio style yacht rock for you to sail off into the sunset and that's the Butler Emporium musical edition on Spotify and basically it's a podcast chopped up sliced into various pieces of cake uh, and uh, in between it is beautiful music and if you don't like me you can fast forward and just listen to the music coming up next we have a poem this is by Hausman and it's called loveliest of trees loveliest of trees the cherry now is hung with bloom along the bough and stands about the woodland ride wearing white for Eastertide. Now, my three score years and ten, twenty will not come again, and take from the seventy springs a score, it only leaves me fifty more. And since to look at things to bloom, fifty springs a little room, about the woodlands I go to see the cherry hung with snow. I will be back again with more whimsical nonsense before the end of the weekend, but until next time have a lovely weekend, relax, take some deep breaths and maybe a nice chocolate digestive or chocolate hobnob dunked into a nice cup of tea. That is what you have for your future. Well, that's what I hopefully have for my future. Anyway, till next time, Chappie out, cheerio.